Bum bum bum. Bum bum burrito. How you doing, Rocco? Bananas for comics, episode four. Where yep. are the chimps? <clears throat> I'm Robbie. <laughs> I'm Rocco. And I'm Jonathan? Yeah. No. That's yeah. not right, but I'm Jonathan. I'm I'm Rocco. And I'm the one left, Robbie. And we're bananas for comics. Yep. Wait, what does he say? <laughs> The, you're, are you the Joker that matters? <laughs> <laughs> three Jokers, issue three. So, which we'll be discussing next week. Yeah, next week, three Jokers episode. The so three teams discuss the three Jokers. Be excited. Nice. So what happened in uh, news? Um, we got Moon Knight news. Who? Moon the Knight. Batman guy. Marvel's Batman. Oh, okay. No. So he's like Marvel's Batman if he was insane. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, no. Uh, Moon Knight's his own character. He's a very good character. I like him. And he's getting... Uh, we already knew he was getting a Disney Plus TV show, but now we have, uh, I think, all but confirmed rumors um, that Oscar Isaac is going to play him. Oscar Isaac, known for... I mean, I don't want to say... Lewin Davis. Yeah, that's his... His He's in a lot of really good indie movies, but a lot of people he's will know him. He's the best part of Ex Machina? Yes. Ex uh, Just say Poe Dameron. He's Poe Dameron. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Most people will know him from Star Wars. I love him as Poe Dameron. I haven't seen it. <laughs> yes. Um, you like Poe Dameron? I do like Poe Dameron. He's a good character. I do um, like Why'd you do that? <laughs> He just aged. He went as close to the mic as possible. I am, I'm just in the mood. Cool. <laughs> so, guys, what do you think of that guy? I like it. I've seen Oscar Isaac do a lot of crazy performances. Like what? I don't know. Couple <laughs> 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 feelings like that. He dope. was pretty. He was pretty cuckoo bananas in Ex Machina. He has his moments in Ex Machina. He's got his yeah. moments. Oh, you know what? He he's not crazy in this, but he's like. Um, oh. He, no, you haven't seen it. What? Um, <laughs> Annihilation. Oh, he's... Oh, re- isn't he, like, he have no character in Annihilation? Just Nothing watch the movie. Watch the movie. Maybe I will. He's also in that George Clooney movie. Um, the Nespresso ad? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the one with Matt Damon where he kills his wife? The Accountant? <laughs> that is not a George Clooney movie, and that's Ben Affleck. You're, <laughs> you're a freaking eagle, aren't you? <laughs> Seeing that? Invincible? <laughs> We're just naming every big Hollywood white actor now. <laughs> it's Marky Mark. No, um, what's that one called? I don't know. Suburbicon. The Suburbica? Grand Budapest Hotel. Suburbicana? Suburbicon? Sub- oh, the Borgo? No! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to say. Why do you guys keep going back to Ben Affleck? What is the... <laughs> the, the town? town? <laughs> no, that George Clooney directed movie starring Matt Damon... That Oscar Isaac one? was in. What? When the guy with the gun comes in the newsroom? No! He may be at... No! <laughs> I don't know. It's Matt Damon kills his wife and is trying to cover it up. In and it's life? in a suburban town and it's called like Suburbicon. Okay, Suburbicon. And Os- his Instagram live? something. All right, so... And Oscar- All right, back to the point. Oscar Isaac is in it and plays a crooked cop that, and he's good in it. He's only in it for like 20 minutes, but he was good in it. He's in Drive... <laughs> he is in Drive. <laughs> I'm just listing Oscar Isaac movies now. <laughs> He's a good actor. 
I like him. The audio levels are through the roof. We gotta... You guys are getting me mad. <laughs> Oscar Isaac is in so many roles, I just can't name them all, and it's making me mad. Oh, he was in... He was in The Force Awakens. <laughs> was he in The Last Jedi? I don't remember. Yes. What's The Last Jedi? The, um, he was also in The Rise the of Skywalker. The Star Trek movie. <laughs> the Rise of Jedi. Nah, but ooh. <laughs> what? Dude. For those of you at home, Jonathan put on sunglasses for that joke. Dude, we got like 15 seconds worth of content in, and it's been what? Five minutes. Five minutes? Are we gonna cut a lot of this? No. Good. <laughs> uh, Nick Kroll. He's probably oh, yeah. not gonna be in it. I no, don't know. we don't know. So Who would he play? Frenchie. Frenchie? Fre- I would, yeah. Oh, actually, that'd work. Alright. And. But he's not French. There was someone imagine else. Nick Cole doing a French accent. He's, was, he's got a malleable voice, whether you dude. like it or not. Is that other? I don't know. What's his other. name from Hamilton and Clipping? Lin Manuel Miranda. No. Who's he in Hamilton? Uh, Big Mouth. No. <laughs> John Mulaney. It's funny that you bring up Hamilton. I watched Jason Manzukis wrestling show last night. That's and cool. This is not the wrestling podcast. Save the one that did the. Uh, national anthem was Nick Kroll. George Washington from oh. Hamilton. Nick Kroll. We can cut that out. Walking Just down the street. <laughs> Don't make more work for me. I'm making more work for you. You news, gotta cut it because I'm getting close to the mic and it's getting red. In other news, the Parasite Criterion is coming out. Yeah, that's big. I'm excited for that. This is a movie podcast. I, whether we like it or not, it's it's gonna cover those topics just because of who we are. Parasite? Never heard of it. Um, David Diggs. The other one. How many people in the United States of America actually saw Parasite? Do you remember I, that guy? All three of us. <laughs> no, but that was the guy. Yeah, I know, but like, the if you look himself. at the odds, we're three for three. So That means in a room, three out of three people will always have seen Parasite. Wait, guys, I just want to look, you to look at this text right now, because it's really funny that it's That was really... We just got... Well, Jonathan just got a text. Hey, did you hear about Moon <laughs> Knight? <laughs> As we were recording this. Uh, Very um, funny. Other news. Suicide Squad pictures. Shout out to Jack. He's the one. Martha, Martha, Martha. Other news. Suicide Squad got to see a close look at Polka Dot Man. My boy! And, uh... We got another look at, uh... Weasel from a distance. Oh, yeah. I love him. Weasel. I don't know. He's Sean Bean. No. (laughs) Sean Gunn. Oh, Sean Gunn. (laughs) We also got a look at John Cena. It Peacemaker Peacemaker costume He looks it's really fantastic. good His gun is like The size of his leg right. Everyone just a looks pistol. Clap clap So good Who was in the th- Was the third Harley Quinn In that image Or was that someone else? No it was um No it was Killshot Killshot Who's and... Idris Elba's character Yeah It's a Killshot I don't know It was Idris Elba And then someone else That wasn't Harley Quinn The three Harleys I'm they, excited for I, this movie. Yeah, There's so many movie. oddball I'm, characters. I'm very excited. There's going to be a lot of people that die in this movie, too. Capaldi as the cool. thinker looks awesome. Oh, I just want to see a little visual oh, of him. Yeah. Up, man. I'm very excited for this I want to see Ratcatcher, too. I just see, like obscure see characters. It seems very movie. interesting. I, I really like this. Did you know the original character was actually a man? Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool. I, I'm excited That's for this. Cool. I'm excited, too. When Gunn was talking about it, he like cited all the right... Inspirations for it. Yeah, he knows what he's doing on this. I'm uh, looking at you, David Hater. <laughs> no, he's not. You're looking at me. <laughs> did you say David Hater? I did. I meant Ayer. 
Why? Well, release the air cut. I want to see more Jared Leto. Release the hater cut. Jesus. What I else know. happened? We are seeing more <gasps> Jared <laughs> Wait! Leto. That's right! Great segue. The Jared Snyder Leto. cut. We're going to see more Jared Leto. As the oh, show. yeah. Jared Leto and uh, who's the actor for Deathstroke? I don't care. What's his name? That guy. Joey John. Yes. <laughs> What's his name? Joey D&D Man McLeod. It's, um... John... Uh, Joey Diaz. Joey Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's the Italian dude who loves he's D&D. He's in Spider-Man 1. He's flashed. I wouldn't want to fight me neither. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's going to be in it. Yep. I, we should look it up. Holy look it up. freaking crap. I don't crap. want to. Look it, try Holy... to look it up. Look up what? <laughs> Who's the guy who plays Jess Drug? It's... No. It's... Oh, my God. His Joey Matt... Ma- Why are we Matt, focusing... Matt, Matt Maganello? Matt, Why are we focusing... Joe Manganello? Ma- Why are we... Maganello? I said it right. Why are we focusing on death... That's right. On Deathstroke Shh. when... Shh. All right, wait. Re- reset. Yeah. Jared Leto. And Joker. Joey... When's no, <laughs> I, it's fine. We're just we, we're talking about Jared Leto here. But they're both gonna be in it. People yeah, should but, be excited huh? about. Uh, uh, People love Deathstroke. He's not damaged. Yeah. Does Can he have a face tattoo? Both, please. We just did. We have to cut like eight of this nine. Jared Leto. For those of you who don't know, played the best Joker in 2016's. Requiem for a Dream. What? No. <laughs> Suicide Squad. The most ridiculous, over-the-top take of the character. Suicide Very fun Squad. movie. I don't care what anyone says. I disagree. It's not good, but it's a lot of fun. I agree on that. I you, don't like it. You, you said fun, though. It's oh, okay. A, it's an enjoyable, terrible movie. Jared Leto is ridiculous to watch in that movie. Yeah. Only, they cut out... <laughs> <laughs> Did right. they film like four hours of footage with him and he use said, like five he, minutes? Yeah, he's. I think he said something like, "We basically filmed my own movie or something." Yeah, I want to see that, just because he's so ridiculous. I hey, release the error cut. Let's do it. Not let's do it. I don't want this to be a thing. It's already a thing. It started a thing the moment the Snyder cut got announced. They went over to the error cut. Now we're getting the the true Godfather three because yeah. fuck Sofia Coppola. Zack Snyder's Godfather Who? three. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't set out for this to be a cursing podcast, and I just did that twice in a row. It's fine. Whatever. Don't Anything else happen? You dare? Uh, I think that's it. So, bananas for comics. There's three of us. Three of us. Yeah. <laughs> Keep that in. Okay. <laughs> but like, put it at the beginning. <laughs> so, what have we been reading? I have read a Morrison book this week. <gasps> Wait, which one? I read his New 52 action comics, because oh. I got excited after we talked about Superman, and I was in the mood for some for some Superman, and I was in the mood for some Morrison, so you know what I did? I, I dusted off the old shelf, and uh, it was good. I had read three volumes. I read volume one a couple months ago, and it didn't really catch me, so I never was in a rush to read two and three. It really picks up. Uh, I really enjoyed it. He definitely... It's... it's very obvious from the get-go he doesn't want to just make a second all-star superman so he's doing a brand new take on the character which was the whole point of new 52 so i i enjoyed it i'm excited for the omnibus i might uh sell the trades and buy it up is that just his run because that's not super long yeah it's a short omni it's just the three volumes i don't know what they're gonna include in it okay jonathan what have you been reading me i uh I've been reading some novels, but I'm not going to talk about that here. Yeah, okay, this isn't so a don't. book podcast. Uh, I, I've been reading Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I'm 
two volumes in. Well, that's only the title of the second volume. Huh? Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. That's the title of the second book. The first one is Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life, and then it's First the World. Okay, I'm reading Shut Scott the Pilgrim. Fuck up. <laughs> I'm reading Scott Pilgrim. I'm on volume two. I'm loving it. It's straying more and more from the movie as it goes. I love the movie, and yeah, I, uh, I'm in love with this book so far. Rocky, you read all of it, right? I read it all in like a day. I love that book so much. Book four is so much fun. The summer one. Oh my god. That whole, I really love the entire, yeah. When you get a book four, it's so much fun. When I get so the book four, I'll, I'll be sure to talk about it here. I'm going to have it for comics. I'm on our What Are We Reading section. Hi, Jonathan. Are you going to talk about book four when you get to it on Bananas for Podcast? In the <laughs> what <we're reading? laughs> Hi, Rocco. I will be talking about Scott Pilgrim book four when I get to it on this podcast. At Bananas. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, you two just read something that I didn't, but I'm going to after this. You've read it. Oh my god, yeah. I didn't read it. Oh, but I, I hinted no. at it earlier. Me and Jonathan have just finished reading Batman the Three Jokers issue three, the final issue. That's a long title. It's <laughs> the whole title. It was, um, the book came out. It's it's absolute garbage. <laughs> I will say, I haven't read the third one. I read the first and second. It astounds me that this book is, like, getting smash hit 10 out of 10 scores everywhere. I just, I want to be perfectly clear and They're honest. trying to find a better Joker. Okay, we... <laughs> I want to be perfectly clear and honest. This book feels genuinely like it was written by a middle schooler as a fan fiction that they posted on tumblr and then someone drew it be well all right someone really famous drew it because the art's great <laughs> yeah the book looks really nice but i, I think it's good god damn is the writing just atrocious i don't know what happened i think what i said before is honestly true he he Oh, set yeah. himself up to deliver a promise he made years ago, and now five, he's five, five years, ago, years ago, and now he's just like freaking. I don't know, multiple jokers. Like, <laughs> I think if I don't I think he knew what he was doing. No, he had no idea what he was gonna write. This book doesn't even make sense. Listen, if I read this five years ago, I'd probably love it. I don't think I would. If I was in tenth grade, still, yeah, I probably would have liked it. I liked anything in tenth grade. Yeah, five years ago, mm, I didn't even exist five so. years ago. Like, I know what you mean, though. <laughs> what the fuck was that? So What's the going on? <laughs> I had an itch! Three Jokers 3, so many I'm Jokers. I'm very, very excited to talk about it next week. I'm going to reread all three issues. I'm excited to read it. In preparation. I'm not putting myself through that. Three, 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 three Jokers. One, imagine two, if three, one, two, three Jokers. I'm not going to continue this. All right. Imagine if three Jokers... And imagine if three's company was just with the three's Jokers, but it was still released whenever that show came out. That'd be something else, Rocco. Hi, Robbie. Would you say that three company with three Jokers would be something else? Hi, Rocco. <laughs> 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 Moving on. It's getting we so old so fast. <laughs> Bobby, what have you been reading? What have I been reading? Nothing. <laughs> since last week? I don't think I read a single thing. You haven't read a single thing since last week. Hey, Robbie, what's the topic for today? You can do a better transition than that. Better hey, Robbie, transition. Hey, guys, 
Where are the three trims? That's a trinity of trims. Hey, Robbie, <laughs> what's the topic for today? My favorite superhero. My hero. My hero. <laughs> my favorite superhero. Wonder Woman. Let me take a guess. Okay. What? <laughs> what? <Walk> a man <laughs> Really? That's what you got? I tried to say Wonder Woman and Aquaman at the same yeah, time. Yeah, walk a man I got it. <laughs> That was interesting. <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> you should put your sunglasses back on for that one. It's too late. No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone be quiet. Okay. You need to be quiet. Podcast. <laughs> Fucking awesome, man. <laughs> I'm going to talk a lot of history when it comes to Wonder Woman. I'm going to talk her evolution as an icon. I'm going to talk her creator. I'm going to focus on three very specific eras of Wonder Woman. My opinion on all three. Can you stop going through my notes? This guy has like 20 pages of notes. And it's so overwhelming to look at <laughs> that I'm going to do my best. So the three eras I'm going to talk about are the William Moulton Marston era in the 40s. I'm going to jump to the 80s for George Perez. And then I'm going to flash to... 2011 for Brian Azzarello. And I'll cap it off with um, 2016's uh, Rebirth. Rebirth by Rucka and Nicholas Scott on art. And Liam Sharp. Because there's two artists. I always forget that. I love Liam Sharp. You do? Liam Sharp is the man. You know him too? Yeah. You like him? I love his work on good. The, the Green Lantern with Grant Morrison. Who? Grant Morrison, writer oh. of the Invisibles. I should read that. <laughs> so Writer of Wonder Woman Earth One. Yes. Something I really surprisingly haven't read. I know. It's good. It's great. Like You've it. read it? I read volume one. Okay. I liked it. It's gonna be volume it. three. Yeah. I'll get all three. Because I really want to read that. You and start getting one and two before they go to soft cover. And when I listened to Grant Morrison on Fat Man on Batman talk about Wonder Woman Earth One and going back into the Marsden stuff and all that iconography and she sounds so good yeah it's cool it sounds really good although there's some unfortunate stuff that I read about it like what wait what I'm not gonna get into it because I haven't read it yet so I don't, no, I don't know I don't know how confidently I can go into something I haven't read okay <laughs> alright so Wonder Woman the idea was conceived in the 40s by psychiatrist William Moulton Marsden now, William Moulton Marston is a very interesting person. He uh, is a psychiatrist. He's commonly credited as the inventor of the lie detector test. He, he sort of made a proto-version. So he makes essentially the key component for what would become the lie detector as we know it. But the reason that is such an interesting thing is because Wonder Woman's key weapon is the lasso of truth. So. Whoa. Did you not know that? I, I mean, maybe at one point, but I didn't know that now. Isn't that cool? I, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most ingenuine. Disingenuous, yeah. Rocco. Ingenuine. All right. A lot of the information I'm getting about William Moulton Marston comes from a really good book that I didn't have enough time to finish. Uh, so I'm mostly citing the article written by the same person. Her name is 
Jill Lepore. She wrote The Secret History of Wonder Woman, which is, as I said, both a book, but also an in-depth article, which is very nice. Didn't they also make a movie based around it? They made, I think it's called Marston and the Wonder Woman. Yeah. I didn't watch it. Have you seen it? No, I really want to, though. I want to see it, too. So uh, that leads us into William Moulton Marston as an individual. He was married to a wife, lawyer by the name of Elizabeth Holloway. Despite being married, he formed a relationship with a former student of his, Olive Byrne. But this wasn't how it sounds. Um, it was a. It ended up being a somewhat polyamorous relationship between the three of them. So something really interesting about Olive Byrne, her mother... Oh, no, I'm sorry. She was the niece of Margaret Sanger, who was a very, very important feminist figure for opening one of the first... Uh, what is it called? Uh, birth control... Oh. Facility. I don't know what Planned the term... A pro, a, like a proto-version of that. Okay. Like one of the earliest ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow, there's a lot of... So, right from the get-go, we see Wonder Woman created by William Moulton... Uh, written by William Moulton Marston at the time, not under his name. There's layers of secrecy going on here that Marston keeps, but in almost every element of Marston and the people connected him... It is so rooted in these early feminist figures and ideals. And it does get filtered by Marsden, who is a, a proud feminist, but um, he definitely progressive, especially in the time. In the 40s, right? Yes. Yeah, it's... Um, but he, he, he misses quite a lot. One of those... He was very insistent on these uh, elements of bondage being extremely pre uh, prevalent, prevalent in every single issue of Wonder Woman Through the Golden Age. His scripts would have uh, these very in-depth descriptions. I didn't know that. Uh, That's nuts. You should read some of them. Yeah, they're yeah. crazy. You think they're in the omnibus at all? The Golden Age? No, I have no. one. I have one in front of me. It is... So this is one of his descriptions in his scripts. Close up, full length figure of Wonder Woman. Do some careful chaining here. Mars's men's are experts. Put a metal collar on Wonder Woman with a chain running off from the panel, as though she was chained in a line of prisoners. Have her hands clasped together at her breast with double bands on her wrists, her Amazon bracelets, and another set. Between these runs a short chain about the length of a handcuff chain. I'm only halfway through, and it continues. Wow. And it's, he That's is so specific, and he ends it with, this whole panel will lose its point and spoil the story unless these chains are drawn exactly as described here. So he... The exact opposite of Alan Moore. He <laughs> really puts his foot down yeah. on this stuff. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because this, this guy, like Alan, uh, for those of you who don't know, Alan Moore also is very, very descriptive about his scripts, but at the end, he would always end it with, but if you could think of anything better, yeah. just do it. <laughs> he will have, I mean, paragraphs, paragraphs. for one panel, yeah. but then, but you know, if you got something, you know, throw it in there. It's I love it. That's so uh, funny that this is like... What a guy. Opposite. So, from the start, uh, Marston was met with a lot of criticism from his editor. Um, he was he was very... Uh, his name was Gaines. He was very nervous about what the audience would take from that and 
Gaines received a letter in September of 1943 from John D. Jacobs. He was in the army, and it read, I am one of those odd, perhaps unfortunate men who derive an extreme erotic pleasure from the mere thought of a beautiful girl, and he describes something I don't want to read. Okay. Yikes. And this... You could read it. <laughs> I want to read it, too. Uh, and this was... Wait, where is it? The, at the bottom here. And this was the editor finally saying, you're going a little too far. And he he sends a letter to Marston explaining why he should dial Jesus it back. Christ. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> This is nuts, fellas. <laughs> this is a lot. Here, you just <laughs> right read at it. the bottom. This is from the forties. <laughs> what the fuck? <clears throat> I'd be surprised if someone said this today. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> oh. <clears throat> so Gaines forwards that letter to Marston. Cool. And he he talks about that that this was his biggest fear. Like, this is not what I wanted from this. And Marson responded, I have the good sergeant's letter in which he expresses his enthusiasm over chains for women. So what? Yikes. <laughs> so, I mentioned before these layers of secrecy that actually hide the influence behind Wonder Woman through Marsden. When Marsden wants so much of these chains and um, instances of bondage, there is another secret purpose there. That, again progressive but he's held back a little bit because he's clearly he's getting something else from this clearly yeah. but it comes from when marston was a freshman at harvard uh oh my god i'm gonna mispronounce this name emeline m-e-e i mean e-m-m-e-l-i-n-e pankhurst she had changed her uh changed herself outside these gates at their school in protest of uh, birth control over the government. And he then, he cites several others of the same form of protest of being in chains. And that is where... Wait, they're, they're against birth control, right? No. They, they're for They're birth? for it. Oh, okay. The, the chains <clears throat> are the symbolic oh. of what the government is doing to them. Okay. And so... By Marston always having Wonder Woman in chains, every issue means she has to break them. So, again, you see this odd layer of secrecy that if it wasn't there, it would probably work more in Marston's favor. See what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, the golden age of Wonder Woman is progressive for the time, but certainly retrospectively complicating. For sure. I will say, Golden Age Wonder Woman is actually one of the few Golden Age characters that I want to check out, just for how much history is in it and how deeply layered it is. She has a very interesting history, for sure. Yeah, going back to like other characters like Batman or Superman, their Golden Age stuff is very just like... I have no not desire my thing, to yeah. read... I've tried Golden Age Batman, and it's just, like, not for me at all. So the next era of Wonder Woman I'm going to go into jumps forward into the 80s after continuity had started being something that's, you know, really interesting and connective and can get readers to jump on other books, but also can do the opposite. It can shy away new readers, or turn them away. <laughs> Superman can reference something that one reader recognizes and the other reader is totally confused by. 
I don't much care for continuity. What about you two? I'll talk about continuity next week at Three Jokers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> continuity just makes me exhausted. Yeah, I think it's... I, I see the point of it. Continuity can be good, but it can also be... I think it hurts more stories than it helps. I think in the modern age, for sure. Yes. So basically, the DC Universe was getting so crazy and convoluted that they had Crisis. This was Infinite Earths, the first Crisis one? Crisis on Infinite Earths. Well, it's yes. not... Yeah, it's the first one that rebooted... It's not the first crisis. Right, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. And this gave the opportunity to reboot, start fresh. So basically, out of crisis, we have John Byrne, a man I hate, who really? I will not be talking about. Did John Byrne write it before? Um... No, his Superman. Oh, okay, yeah, his Superman. Yeah, I'm not going to be talking about his Wonder Woman. Okay. Um, so John Byrne does The Man of Steel, mm-hmm. and Frank Miller does The Dark Knight Returns. I don't think that's right out of Batman. I think... It doesn't spin out of it. Yeah. But it's 80s. Yeah. Okay. That's what I mean. It's this time oh, of, yeah, these, yeah, yeah. of these character defining, okay. but I should have specified that. Yeah, 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 So, Paul Levitz, the editor, said, it's about time. Let's, let's get Wonder Woman going, too. During Crisis, they needed a penciler, who became George Perez. And when they wanted to reboot Wonder Woman, they had Greg Potter writing it. And he had this interesting but not really working take on Wonder Woman. And when Perez saw that the opportunity was there, he he jumped on it. He was not a fan of Wonder Woman, believe it or not, at first. A quote from him is, Most of the stuff I read, unfortunately, was not the series in her heyday. So he was reading at the time where Wonder Woman was really spiraling downhill. After Marsden's death, Wonder Woman jumps through several weird bizarre phases that work in the opposite direction of what she was founded on uh there's a time she gives up her powers to be with steve trevor is it wait that's not the um that's not the denny o'neill stuff right no that's after perez you talking about the spy stuff yeah so that's another one because but she loses her powers right now yes she becomes a super spy so weird just like all this weird stuff that that is not in the character's foundation, yeah. basically. Um, and he also says, the stories were rather silly. She was basically the male concept of what a female hero was, with the stereotypical trait that they gave to a lot of their female characters in which she was worried more about having a date than saving the world. So Perez, from the very beginning, saw the opportunity to bring this character back to where she should be, which is a really progressive character. The idea sparked with... Who wrote uh, Teen Titans with him? Was that Wolfman? Marv Wolfman. Yeah. Uh, there's a story where the Teen Titans go to Themyscira. Was I mean, it wasn't Themyscira at the time. It was... Uh, what's the other one? Paradise Island. Paradise Island. Yeah. Perez turns it into Themyscira. He comes up with that name. Oh. Oh, I don't know if he comes up with it. He but gives he, it that yeah. name. Okay. Um, I didn't know that, actually. And so, when the Teen Titans fight the Titans of Greek myth, this is where he goes, let's go in that direction. Yeah. Wonder Woman is not just a superhero in the fashion of Superman and Batman. She's a mythical figure. And that is his opening 14 issues on his run are absolutely the best, most character-defining work on Wonder Woman to this day. Uh, It is absolutely her Dark Knight Returns, her year one. Uh, It's really fantastic. And this is where we get a lot of that heavy Greek influence. We have... 
Wonder Woman... This is where she really comes into her own, even more so than Marston. Marston has the most important foundation to her. Perez turns her into the character we really know. Yeah. Uh, that book is great. It fights sexism, racism, ageism, body shaming. Oh, wow. You name it. It's yeah. really, really fantastic. I really want to read that. For it's me. great. That's like doing the same work that, like, um,. Denny and Neil were doing on like Green Arrow, Green Arrow, Green Lantern. Yeah, fighting tackling all these social issues. Social issues. Yeah, which is awesome. It's uh, it's really good. Oh yeah, one more thing about Perez's Wonder Woman. So the opening is in it's like a hundred thousand BC or something, caveman times, whatever that is. Uh, so right off the bat, we get uh, a caveman who is so maddened by his defeat at uh, Sabretooth Tiger, and he goes home. And he takes it out on his, I guess, what's the caveman equivalent to a wife? Partner. Partner. Yeah. yeah. And he kills her. So right from that's, the opening, you see... Like, that's in the opening of the yeah. book? Whoa. <laughs> this is what this book is, is doing. Uh, that's crazy. And we see the formation of the Amazons here. Her soul leaves her body and goes to... Um, man, I haven't read it in a while. Some form of Hades, I believe. And it sort of sits there up until the Greek pantheon decides... They should use all these souls of these murdered women to uh, make the best the world has. The Amazons. But Ares says, no, he's the best they can offer through you know, war and such. So right off the bat, you have that battling yeah. ideology. And that's... Yeah, because Ares yeah. will become a staple villain. Too. Yes, yep, through Perez's run. Yeah. And that's what these 14 issues are. It's, it's very much that. It's saving the world through love versus saving the world through war. And that's exactly what Perez explores here. So Perez turns Wonder Woman into the best she can be. Loving, compassionate, you know, the best. And Phil Jimenez, who I, I personally really love his run. I don't know where that sits in the general consensus, but um, that's a run that I just really love. He furthers that even further. Uh, Phil Jimenez, a gay man who views Wonder Woman, as do others, as very much so a queer icon. He really, he goes through with that view in his book, and he is, he's the ultimate supporter in Wonder Woman being just the best, most compassionate icon of love, and not violence. Yay. So let's go in the opposite direction, and jump <laughs> to New 52. <laughs> the only Wonder Woman run I've read. Yeah, so I'm going to talk to you about this. Yeah. Brian Azzarello... Who I am a fan of. I know people... It's like a mixed bag with yeah. him with some people. I am a fan of his work. I think he could be talented. He for sure. He I don't... Good. He gets a lot of hate. Yeah. For sure. But it's never been a secret uh, how he feels about Wonder Woman and her history, her backstory. He's not that into it. And he makes that very clear. So Wonder Woman in the New 52... Uh, this is actually where I started with singles uh month to month I, I he was 11 issues in so i got one and then i got two through 11 and then i kept up with the book um so it's a book that at the time was big for me because it was like oh nice i'm reading wonder woman yeah. you know retrospectively now i have a lot of more problems with it it's a fairly solid book Might, yeah I, I think it's one of his best written it works. is not my Wonder not, Woman. Yeah. That, that might be the case. <laughs> yes. And definitely looking at it through that lens, it's 
it gets harder and harder to like it as much as I used to. Um, so he takes Wonder Woman and he pushes it more in your, I want to say, stereotypical female character. From a corporate level, I mean. One that is not trying to take a stance and is not taking as okay. much risks as the character did okay. previously. Yeah. I don't think she's, like, written stereotypically, but I, I no. agree with... She's not written for, like, advocating peace or No, and that's my biggest problem. And that, yeah. This Wonder Woman, she just, she just kills. She's like... Yeah, it's... Not that Wonder Woman hasn't killed. It's very much going for a more war-driven yeah. character. And I am going to wrap up where this book goes, so spoilers ahead. Wonder Woman, the antithesis of love... Wait, did I use the right word there? Yeah, use the right word. I did? Yeah. yeah. Of love and compassion becomes the god of war. Yeah. A choice that really bothered me at well, the time. Yeah, so the idea was that Ares isn't as bad. He's not a bad guy in the New 52. He's just like this tired old man. I guess what Azarella was going for was to mix the idea of love and passion and war into one being, but he doesn't really set up Wonder Woman as a love and passion character. She definitely like will advocate for her friends and will defend them, but she's not advocating for the entire world, which is what she's always been. Right? No. And that's something um, that I find so interesting about Wonder Woman is she gives up. She gives. Up, it's called Paradise Island. Yeah. Themyscira. She gives up paradise, eternal life, her loved ones, to take a chance in a world that doesn't really fully accept her. But she never thinks twice about that. She is just there to do the right thing. And Azarello really loses that for me. Um, and Azarello's Themyscira, I extremely hate. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's also all about war. Yes, so... I think he's going for a more Roman take. It's, I don't know if that's exactly right, but, like, there's still Greek characters, mm -hmm. but, do you know, like, this is getting to a totally different topic than what you're talking about but with it, but just in terms of, like, themes and stuff, the Greek versions of the gods have, are always more peaceful and care... Like, to an extent, more caring. And then when you get to As the opposed Roman, to the Roman version. And who are all about war and fighting and which is what this book's all about so yes. i don't know if that's what he was going for or so because they still have greek names but it, that's what it feels like anyways so the amazons on themiscara go from these loving community now in azarello's run they sleep with sailors keep oh, yeah I keep the that. female children that was weird and sell the male children to i always forget his name the guy who forges all the weapons yeah. and armor the, to work for him. God. I forgot his name, too. Yeah. That was interesting. I don't like that. He makes the children armor? No, he makes the children into armor? No, no. No, no, the children become, work for him. Yeah, they, oh. he, like, takes They become slaves, male, basically. Except, remember, when she tries to free them, they want to stay? Yeah, but I... D so they're not slaves. Or maybe they are. I don't know. I'm not a fan of this I, aspect. I, <laughs> weird... I like this book. That was just a weird choice. Yeah. A lot of other Wonder Woman writers are also not shy about talking about, specifically Phil Jimenez, how this really is just the opposite of everything this character was built to be to that point. To be fair, I want to kind of harbor, like, 
jump on back to something I said right at the beginning of the podcast. Mm -hmm. We're talking about Action Comics by Morrison. The original purpose of the New 52 was for new takes on the character. Yeah. And this is a completely new take on the character. True. So, you know... I still disagree. You could not like it, and that's... No, yeah, I... I, I can't... I don't want to, like, hate on him for trying to And you know what? New. Both in that consensus and what I'm saying, that is where there's an issue with Wonder Woman in a way. Yeah. Wonder Woman as a cultural icon creates a massive problem for the creators, the company, and the fans. How Wonder Woman is so much of an icon, is so much of a feminist icon, that, you know... Some fans want her some way, some fans want her the other way. In some unfortunate cases, without even trying, she can just represent all of women entirely, which isn't fair. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's not fair. And I, that's something that can be pushed on her. That's something that a writer can go with. It's something that DC as a company can be unaf- can be afraid to explore. It all gets very muddled with this character, and I think that shows in how you look at Batman and Superman versus how you look at Wonder Woman, specifically in their success. Batman yeah. has run after run after run, miniseries after miniseries, Elseworld after yeah, Elseworld. Never stop. He's this... I'm talking about three runs. I can think of... Two I'm more. talking about four runs. I can think of two more that are key. But really, it's Marsden into Perez, into Rucka and Rebirth. Yeah, because yeah, cause, yeah. Uh, you shouldn't even read... If you want the pure Wonder Woman, you shouldn't even read Azarellos. Right. Yeah, that's and like that's what dumb. I'm saying. Yeah. She's a character that, for so many reasons, is pulled in every direction. Yeah. And it gets it gets really crazy sometimes. Um, yeah, it is crazy that she is one of the top three superheroes yeah. at DC, but she they don't really know what they want with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even with Superman, I mean, he's gone through his phases, but there's always a Superman book coming out. There's always yeah. going to be a yeah. Clark, and there's always going to be a Bruce. There's always going to be a Batman. Yeah. Yeah. And an interesting, just while we're talking about the differences of the three, for some reason, something that people get so caught up on is Wonder Woman's birth as a character. Which is, yeah, always changing. Which, that's my biggest problem with Azarella's run. It is revealed that she's the daughter of Zeus. Yeah. Which I don't like. I thought that was how it always was until you told me it wasn't. (laughs) And aside from that, like... Because they use that in the movie, too, don't they? Yeah, I was going to say, aside from the tacked-on third act of the movie... That's my least favorite part of the movie, too. It stays strong with the forged in clay. Yeah. So originally, her oh, mother yeah. sculpted her out of clay, and she was given life by the gods. So she's essentially made of clay. But that's the thing. People get so hung up on that, but no one questions, you know, how is Batman born? How is Superman born? Well, it's, well Batman, it's, he's a normal guy. But my point is, I'm saying... No, but that's fair. The creation, yeah. like, Superman is... He's born and he comes to Earth. Superman, I mean, Batman's just on Earth. Yeah. But Wonder Woman, we get hung up on the on the is she, is she clay? Is she, That's it a, doesn't matter. You know, yeah, they all have like such iconic, like some of the most iconic origin stories, both Batman and Superman. But yeah, Wonder and Wonder Woman gets so meddled even and rebooted, like, time and time again. Even in Morrison's, it's yeah. different. Yeah, Do you know what Morrison's origin for her is. I won't spoil it for you. But no, I don't. Do you want me to say what it is? It, it's like a part of the first book, but. It's it's different. It's very mm. weird. I was not a fan. This was the part I wasn't a fan of. Okay. No, I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna okay. Read it. <laughs> it's uh, for those of you who don't care about spoilers, you can probably look it up pretty easily. It's uh, it's definitely an interesting idea. I'm interested. But it's, I am interested. Different. 
Very so, interesting. As I said, Azarello's run. There's some people that like it. I'm. I think it's a. I think it's. I own it. I. <laughs> that says yeah, something. You bought it. I, I have the omnibus. Bought it at his table. I did at Comic Con. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it heavily. Like I said, that was my first ever Wonder Woman book. And I think that's most people who like it. Yeah. Are people that jumped in with the New 52. I think that if I... Which I'm planning on reading a lot more Wonder Woman. It's a character... You asked Robbie. I've been talking about it for months. It's a character I really want to get more into. Um, I think I'll always like it. But I think the reason I'll always like it is because it was my first. Yes. Also, I, the art's yeah. amazing. That's kind, of, that's kind of how I feel <laughs> about it. Yeah, the art's really good. The art's so good. Have you read any of it? I've not read any Wonder Woman ever. Oh, okay. I'll recommend some good ones. So, yeah. what I was going to say to you, Rocco, mm-hmm. so you've only read that. Your next step, in my opinion, should be Rucka's Rebirth. Yeah, so I did read one other Rucka book that's not Rebirth. What was, oh! I read, which I thought you want, might want to talk about at the end, unless you want to talk about I'll, it. Now. I'll talk about it in recommendations. Okay. And so we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about what that one is. But yes, this but, is. So, Rucka's. In my wish list i'm getting it real soon i promise <laughs> so rucka rucka had a a different run but then when rebirth happens in 2016 dc rebirth rucka teams up with nicholas scott and liam sharp and it's a wonder woman book that has two storylines that run concurrently and there's thematic crossover yeah. it doesn't physically cross over but thematically it works together very well liam sharp does all the modern day stuff nicholas scott retells the origin Rucka's rebirth run is a direct response to how he feels Wonder Woman has been mistreated since 2011. And that is why I think it's the perfect one to read after the New 52. Yeah. I, sh- I should have bought it right after. But... There's a really... The first issue is a really good meta take on Wonder Woman. It's been revealed that essentially she's been lied to about her origins. So Rucka throws in a little bit of a new element, but he also fully undoes Azarello's. And there's a scene where she smashes a mirror, and you see a lot of these collective images of Wonder Woman's past, aspects that have been rebooted, stuff that he feels didn't work, and just how muddled her history is, is sort of the driving force of this story, and him fully re-cementing her, as I think she, she should be, something more like Perez's run. But Rucka's rebirth is, is very good. And it's a short run, it's only... Two hardcovers, 24 issues, yeah. so I guess that's not too short. I think but he stops at 22. Might be 22, yeah. Because I think it's 21, and then he has like a special. So yeah, two two hardcovers, which is not that hard to get your get your hands on. So yes. It's definitely something I want to check out, and it sounds really interesting. Yeah, I um, I just love this character, man. I think, yeah. she, I think she really is the best. I think, you know, not, not that I... I'm arguing one's better or worse or whatever. I'm just saying, where you have someone like Batman, who sort of explores, you know, he's a regular guy, but he's also, he's like damaged and obsessive. So in a way, he's he's inspiring, but he's what we shouldn't become. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? That's, well, that's the best way to write him. Yeah. For sure. And is. you have Superman. The most human, even though he's yeah. not human. Yeah. That's his whole... That's his big thing, yeah. And I, I think Wonder Woman, to her core, coming into something with no prior history that might not accept you, leading in only with your love and compassion, I think is just is, is one of the more key things that's missing from most other characters. And I think that's what makes the best Wonder Woman stories. 
Well, Phil Jimenez did an interview. This is my last like thing before yeah, I get yeah. into recommendations. He did an interview where he actually chokes up in tears talking about one of his favorite moments in Wonder Woman history. Uh, a friend of Wonder Woman uh, had her friend... I don't know. I can't remember the exact context, but someone died, and she asked Wonder Woman if she can spread her ashes on Themyscira. And Wonder Woman has the best reaction and this is where Phil Jimenez just starts you know tearing up he has to take a second he rubs his eyes and Wonder Woman is just so like why would you even have to ask you know and I she's just the best most compassionate character there is really and that's why I love Wonder Woman man I want to read more Wonder Woman yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I think she's a lot it re, like fully reading the character is a lot easier than like a Superman or a Batman yeah, it's like because a, it's, it's more like of a specific Daredevil level easy. Yeah, which yeah exactly. I would love to do it. All three of us love yeah. Daredevil. That's the Marvel guy. That's our all three of our guys. Sorry, is you it? don't want to get on a tangent. Yeah, yeah. yeah That's all three of our favorite Marvel characters. Yeah, awesome. Oh, he is a million percent my yeah. favorite Marvel character. He this works out so good. good. <laughs> and I've read everything well, except for Marvel Trinity. Of Daredevil, Daredevil, and Daredevil. Yeah, we each... We each pick uh, a run. Yeah. Ah, uh, we'll work that out. No, we, can, we should just do, like, a... We could go... Yeah, because, yeah, I mean... Yeah, 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 yeah. We've all read Miller's fairly recently. Yeah. Sorry, we could cut this out, but I just got yeah, We'll talk about this after. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good idea. Yeah. Get hyped, people. Get hyped. So, just to cap it off, I'm going to recommend some key Wonder Woman stories. Yeah. Uh, I talked about these full runs. Now, I'm assuming most people do, but a run is... The full amount of issues covered by a, writer. a creative team, but sometimes the artist shifts around, so a writer. Yeah, usually the artist. It's very rare. So when I say the George Perez run, that's every issue written and or drawn by George Perez, drawn by other people at times towards the end. Yeah. Because he has a hard time keeping up with those deadlines. Yeah, man. That's, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, George Perez... Writing, so detailed and, though. Did he do the colors too? I don't know. But even if he didn't, writing, drawing, and inking. Is... No, no, he only penciled. Okay, but still, writing and penciling. That's a lot. A monthly comic. That's a lot. Yeah. It's hard to write a monthly comic. Or he had a co-writer at times, but still, still, so much, yeah. so much work. And that wasn't the only book he was doing at the time. Yeah, he was doing Superman stuff at the time. He was doing. Um, I'm sure he was doing Batman. He was doing Teen Titan stuff. And mm-hmm. sorry, what a guy. So, yeah, really good dude. Recommending Wonder Woman. I would say the Golden Age stuff is not for everyone just because some of it reads... It's a different era of writing. Yeah. And yeah. I'll say that. Yeah, Golden Era is rough. But something with the Golden Age Wonder Woman that I think is really beneficial is you can you can kind of just start at the beginning and just like read as much as you want. You know what I mean? Like If you start to trail off, you sort of get the core concept there. Yeah. And I think the earlier stuff is... is sort of the most interesting historically uh after that of course i'm going to recommend the george perez run but again that's a big commitment that's three omnibuses on the yes. buy is that on the buy i don't know it doesn't matter three, three really big books i'm gonna buy but yeah. three the benefit 100 yeah. price books the benefit of his run is that his opening 14 issues is his is his big is that the gods and monsters storyline i always mix up the title so i don't want to say yes or okay. no because <laughs> that's getting an ab- that that storyline is getting an absolute okay. size book. so that's the defining story it has a beginning and an end you can continue the run after that or you can stop at that point it's 14 issues 
you can get that all in one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it is the one I'm thinking of, then yeah, the Absolute's coming out. Yeah. Which, I might get that. <laughs> of all three Omnis and, and the, the Absolute. Absolute. Who knows? Sounds like a Robbie thing to do. So, yeah, I want every edition of Sandman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, after that, I would also recommend the first part of Greg Rucka's run, The Hikatea, which you just yeah, recently so read. Yeah, so that's the other... It just got released in Deluxe, or re-released in Deluxe, like yeah. a month ago, so I picked it up. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic read. It's so short. It's like two double-sized issues or something. Or yeah, three. it's a real quick read. So. I would I would say you to read that. Cool. It's on, uh, it's on Hoopla, or I can just give you mine. I'll take yours. Okay. <laughs> okay. Did you get the Deluxe? No, I have the the first print. Of yeah, the, like I'll, the super skinny cool. trade. Yeah. You yeah, should I'll, get the I'll deluxe. Take deluxe. So you can get the deluxe. Or he wants both oh, because we'll talk he has, about that. you know, he has <laughs> sentimental my, value to yeah. it. Okay. Um, yeah, that book is awesome. And that's where... Who does the art on that again? Oh, I really don't know. I Great art. Yeah. It's like realistic style, almost like... Uh, it's like a mix of normal com- comic style and like Alex Ross style. Mm. Really interesting. And I'll say similarly to George Perez, put a little more hard, uh, you can read this and stop. <laughs> Which is what I did. Uh, Rucka's Run, if you're a diehard Wonder Woman fan, read it. Uh, it's somewhat important. It's pretty key. He does some really interesting stuff with her being a political figure in New York. There's a lot of interesting stuff he does with it, but ultimately he he says all the best stuff in the Hikatea in the opening. So definitely get that. And then, again, I would get uh, Wonder Woman Rebirth by Greg Rucka. What about also that? by him. Would you do Simone's run? I didn't talk about Gail Simone's at all! Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> if you can get your hands on that on me. It's out of print right now for no reason. It just came out like this year. Yeah. Sad. I am I really want it. <laughs> very eager to get that and reread that. Yeah. That's I haven't read that in full. It's but, uh, not too long of a run either. No, but um, but that's another good, really like Wonder Woman is not quick to start a fight. She's gonna try a yeah. bunch of other ways before doing that. Yeah, I would recommend. That's a really good, uh, fun, modern take on the character without it being modern in the sense of Azarellos. So again, I'll say if you're a diehard, you can get Azarellos. It's the most different. I think it goes really against what the character is, but I think it's. I think it's a very interesting read, especially if you have the other reads with that. And that's all I gotta say. I talked a lot. Yeah, man. No, well, we yeah. all talked a lot in our own respective videos, I think. Yeah. I talked a lot today. Yeah, you did. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I kept talking over you. It's all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, I think that was a really... I think Wonder Woman's such an interesting character to talk about. I mean, I text you randomly all the time just to talk about Wonder Woman, and I yeah. barely read her, and I'm like... I so love, fucking Do I have anything good behind me? No, I don't. Oh, I got. I have my Wonder Woman statue up there. She's freaking sweet, Lois. I have Wonder Woman in her invisible jet over there. Yeah, you can't, I love you that. can't see where I'm pointing. I don't know why I'm doing this. <laughs> I can see. Cool. I have a uh, Wonder Woman in an invisible jet based off like the '60s toys that were really small. Oh yeah, yeah. that's cool. Thanks. I, that was genuine. That was genuine. I like it. I like <laughs> Wonder Woman. She's cool. The Linda Carter series. Is Linda fantastic. Carter. That's yeah, that's fun. And I'm excited for the new one. Yeah, I love uh, the 84. Yeah. That oh should be God. good. I really love uh, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Gal-Gadot. I think she's... You sure that's the pronunciation you're going to stick to? Gal Gadot. Because every time I think I know one, I hear a different one. Which Gal-Gadot. one do you think it is? Gal-Gadot. Gal-Gadot. I, I always say Gal Gadot. 
Sure. I'm, that's fine. I'm sticking with my guns. I'm just not even going to say it. I said... She's great. I love her. She's really good. She's super... I, and she was relatively unknown when... I think everyone was relatively unknown when Snyder cast him except for Ben Affleck. No, Ben Affleck, no, no one knew just, him. <laughs> yeah. Who's Ben Affleck? All the main cast except for him. I didn't. And Jesse Eisenberg, I don't know. No. But, like, Henry Cavill, who knew about that? He was in, like, The Count of Monte he was, Cristo. He was the Witcher. He was John, <laughs> yeah. He was Johnny Witcher. Johnny Witcher. Coming at you from the Chimp Studio live. Thanking you for watching. I don't know if we're done yet. I was just... Okay. Just done, uh, real just quick. Just coming out. Jonathan, did I mention anything Wonder Woman that you would read? Because I want you to read something. Uh, I mean, the Hecatea. I mean, that sounds like a good point. That's a, that's a quick one, too. That's a quick one. A good so point. short. I read in like 30 minutes. I'd have to invest in a whole Omni, and I definitely want to read something. So you, I would also recommend Rebirth to you. Rebirth? Two deluxes. Yeah. I thought it should, you should read that after the other stuff. Well, that's just if you want to see the themes changing. You can yeah. still just read You don't Rebirth. have to stick to the order. Those the whole are the point standouts. of Rebirth was the same point of New 52 of just like... Wonder Woman's Rebirth is unique in what it's saying about what came before though yeah yeah but hey there's a lot of good stuff no, i superman mentioned superman also kind of i didn't read oh no i did oh yeah i didn't read it but that's also what the point of superman was his true. was very good dude. i did like that one Aim for that omni uh batman rebirth best rebirth good night <laughs> tom kong